This is Our Common Ground with Janice Graham, transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. from an intelligent friend to a dumb dictocrat, a rich Republican who has never held a job in his life, is against affirmative action, against education, I guess he is, <laughs> against health care, against benefits for his own military, and gives tax breaks to the wealthiest contributors to his campaign. Governments, when it came to treating the citizens of African descent fairly, America failed. She put them in chains. The government put them on slave quarters, put them on auction blocks, put them in cotton fields, put them in inferior schools, put them in substandard housing, put them in scientific experiments, put them in the lowest paying jobs, put them outside the equal protection of the law, kept them out of their racist bastions of higher education, and locked them into positions of hopelessness and helplessness. The government gives them the the drugs, builds bigger prisons, passes a three-strike law, and then wants us to sing God bless America? No, no, no. Not God bless America. God damn America for killing innocent people. God damn America for treating our citizens as less than humans. God damn America as long as she tries to act like she is God and she is supreme. The United States government has failed the vast majority of her citizens of African descent. America's chickens coming home. Our Common Ground with Janice Graham, transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. for you. Talk, talk, that matters. And now, Janice Graham. And good evening to all of you out there. Thank you for being with us once again. We gather in the Black Truth Sanctuary at our common ground. You know, it was no mistake. 
for those of you who are new, and I try to reiterate this over and over, reiterate over and over, that this program was named Our Common Ground because it isn't just common ground. It is our, us people, us citizens of the United States of America who have struggled through and survived from slavery until now, who understand our ancestral track and what those words mean to us. It is our lens. It is how we see America. It is not about how other... This sanctuary is really about affirming affirming. Tonight on Open Mic Night, I've got some things I want to throw down, uh, but if you all want to get in your seats and and let's get to it, uh, if you'd like to join us in our chat room uh, at blogtalkradio.com backslash OCG, you can do that. Uh, for those of you who may be having some difficulties and feel like the a uh, live stream is not working for you. You can call in at 347-838-9852, 347-838-9852, and you can be on our listening line. I see that Alpha has just entered the chat room, so it really is on. So let me get get my my things that I want to get in tonight cuz I know why why he's sitting on the first row. Uh, good evening, Alpho. Thank you for being with us. Um, you know, you know, all, all of the. If, if you will recall, everybody's got their side person. All the commentators, uh, all the you know, uh, uh, people have somebody. You know, um, I can't think of his name, but the. Uh, longest running night and um, an original nighttime person uh, who touched on entertainment as well as contemporary political issues. I I can't think of his name. Uh, he had his side person, and I can't think of his name. But I got Alpho, so you know, you know now you know. <laughs> I got my Alpho. And Alpha is in the house. Our number again is 347-838-9852. And thank you. If you're new to us, uh, we, we, we try to chuck it up a little bit, but we deal with some hard, serious issues. When I come off this air, um, I, many times I have heartache and headache and um, a, a bit of, more uh, peppered with confusion than I had coming in. I thought I had some clarity on this or that, and and then people call up and um, and and open up a whole new avenue of the ways that we can think about specific things. But tonight, I really want to talk about Trump's reelection crimes um, through uh, voter access 
excess and voter suppression. I think we've really got to look at that. If we don't begin to deal with those things, uh, Trump is going to steal this election again. The other is on my mind is um, all the chatter, the online chatter on the selection of Kamala Harris as Joe as a Democratic vice president nominee. And the other is how we can begin to protect ourselves um, by understanding the, the issues before us. It's, it's been a Republican wet dream for um, since Richard Nixon, uh, Ronald Reagan, um, that... Um, there should be a privatization of Social Security, and Medicare should be uh, limited. Um, and I think uh, one of the things that we need to know is we need to know th- these are these are our survival uh, issues. Uh, imagine for a moment the lady who sits across from you when you were going to church before the pandemic. Uh, imagine some of those ladies and some of those men in your church, the elders in your church, uh, having not not having access to Social Security benefits in their um, later years. Just imagine that for a minute. And, and I think we need to take um, the threat against Social Security, not just privatization, because what Trump has done uh, is he has issued an executive order which is being challenged, an executive order which would uh, zero out payroll taxes on Social Security, which means there would be no money going in to Social Security uh, for any of the people who are working in this country. And that means they have no Social Security accounts. And what they're trying to do essentially, because at some point in the fight, for the protection of Social Security. In that fight, people are going to be citing the facts, and the facts are that in your work lifetime, and we need to talk about the population that did not, in your lifetime you have been depositing on that your Social Security account. You got a Social Security number, Uh, When you get to a certain age, you can apply to begin to receive those benefits. If you receive them at the minimum age, then they'll be less than if you receive them uh, at uh, another age. And nobody's ever forced to take it. And there are a lot of issues, class issues, uh, around Social Security, and I think we we do need to take them seriously. The other is issue that's on my mind, and I'm more than happy to take your calls on what's on your mind because this is Wednesday night open mic, is the the idea that we need to be looking at how we protect not only the services that have been corrupted for political reasons by the United States Postal Service, but the goals of the uh, the, the, the Republican Party 
to privatize the U.S. Postal Service. And, you know, the only thing they're looking at is they're looking at how much money FedEx and UPS makes, and somebody wants to get in on the game. It's simple as that. So my issues are Trump's reelection crimes um, and how you see it in terms of how he is planning to steal this election, protecting the United States Postal Service, the USPS, uh, how we get a care package out to people who have not been able to work, have become unemployed, and 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 their unemployment benefits on the two trillion dollar um, package has gone away, and and a lot of them didn't get it because, in especially in Republican states, the Republican states have unemployment systems that simply do not work. They are so dysfunctional that people never get the benefits that by law they are entitled, and also Social Security and Medicare. And we are going to go right to our phones. Uh, For those of you who want to write it down, the number is 347-838-9852. I do want to share with you some things that I think um, we need to be – that we need to talk about. Um, And it's this whole idea that sometimes we hate black people more than we hate white people, and it's a really, really scary thing that's going on. 612, you're on the air at our common ground. Thank you for your call. Yes, good evening, ma'am. How are you doing tonight? I'm good, thank you. Thank you. Uh, My name is Mike. Uh, Thanks for taking my call. Um, I was hoping to offer maybe a somewhat different perspective on the matter. And I say this as someone who's been a Democrat in the past and is both Republican also recently. I kind of understand where both sides are coming from. And I think the reality is that it's, well, wait, it's not wait a minute, matter Wait a minute, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yep. Um, black people can't afford to play Republican politics right now. Yeah, I'll kind of elaborate why I'm going into this is that when you look at the both sides, I mean, but you're, re- you're 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 trying to explain to me why you're voting Republican, and to me, there's no, no that's legitimate. Not what I'm trying to do. Oh, okay, okay. I'm gonna let you go a little I'm bit, wo- but I'm not gonna let you go too okay. far. Okay, let's go. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not here to tell anyone to vote or anything. I'm just saying, when you look at the two political parties in America, what I see in the, why we have this divide is everyone's playing this game of. My side is always right. Their side is always wrong. Their side, their intentions are purely evil. My, our side's intentions are purely good. And the reality is both sides have corrupt people within it. Both sides have their positives and negatives. That's okay, the let even me stop exists. you right okay. now. Uh, let okay. me stop you right now. I don't think, uh, and you must be new to the show, I think you don't understand that what we are measuring, our formula is, what team is 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 causing the most damage? Okay. Right. That that depends on your perspective. When you talk about what's damaging to us, our I'm country. talking about. So, the, for example, okay. I'm talking. I'm talking about the survival and the struggle of black people. That's all I'm talking about. Right. I, I'm black myself, so I know what you're talking about. What I'm saying is that. Okay, but you know, there are people perspective, who are black who don't get it about black people who are not like them. No, no, but I'm saying when I would say perspective, for example, 
if you view cultural issues or social issues as something that should be, you know, matters more so than, say, economic, then you could look at one political party and say, okay, I don't agree with their social or cultural agenda. If you say, for example, economic issues matter more, then you could look and say, well, I believe this party doesn't, you know, reflect what I believe is, is sir, more important or what should be done to the that, issue. That, sir, there, there is nothing you can tell me that the Republican Party has done to serve the economic, social, cultural, political needs of black people, Period. Well, I would say now, I have a lot of critique. I'm a Christian. I have a lot. So I would say yes. Okay, I have a lot of critique. I have a lot of critique for the two-party system. I have a lot of critique. I I I, I can't even consider what Republicans are doing. I won't consider what Republicans are doing. I have a I have a whole closet full of critique for the Democratic Party, but right now the most pressing thing before all American people, whether they know it or not, is to get rid of Donald Trump and the complicit traitors who supported him. Yeah, but my point is that it doesn't make a difference who's president. That's what I'm trying to say. They're both corrupt. Well, what, 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 this well, idea on. of like, oh, are one or the other. No, that, yeah. Are you telling me there has been no different? It has not made a difference between Donald Trump being the president, Barack Obama, George Bush, and the Bush before that, and Bill Clinton. Are you telling me that? Yeah, I'm saying that they're all very similar. And I and I was someone who voted for Obama, volunteered in the campaign. I thought Obama was going to be the change. And when he got into office, he enacted very similar policies to George W. Bush before him. And that's when okay. I became disenfranchised okay. with politics, much, when I realized how, that we're being com- lied to. In com- let's do a comparative analysis. Yeah. How much damage to the potential and possibility of black struggle and progress has Donald Trump done as compared to all the mothers you're talking about? They haven't all done anything, including Obama. Obama did nothing for black people. He I focused said, on it, Hispanics. He focused it. on the LGBT community. He didn't do anything for us. Now, let me let me, said, let me let me make it clear why I say that that Obama and Bush, for example, are identical. I know why you're saying it. No, but let me let me make a point clear for anyone listening: is that, for example, remember Obama said he was going to close Guantanamo Bay. He was going to bring the troops back. He was going to cut down on the U.S.'s militaristic actions around the world. He wasn't going to appoint special interest people from corporate America into his administration. He made all these things that back then in 08, young people like myself who got involved in this campaign, we were excited, and that's why we supported him, because we thought he was going to bring the change. When he got in, he didn't do any of those, ma'am. You're not going to talk over me because i got control here. May I ask you a question? If we're doing a comparative analysis, I ask you comparative analysis in regard to damage to black people. Please explain to me about Guantanamo Bay and black people. Do you think black people voted for Barack Obama because he was going to close Guantanamo Bay? I'm no, what I'm saying is you, 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 you asked me earlier about them being similar when you said you think you all these last couple of presidents are similar, I ask you and about I said they damage. are similar. Yeah, I already I said, I said it to you. I Obama you. did nothing for the black community whatsoever. He did nothing. 
He oh, furthered yeah, the agenda right. okay. of illegal immigrants and the LGBT movement. Yeah, right. Okay, fine. 312, you're on the air. Thank you for calling our common ground. Oh, Janet? Yes. You know, I get, hey, I'm glad you called me. I'm glad. Is, is, is this a house music lover? This is. <laughs> I'm glad you called me because. You know, <laughs> I hate to be nasty to people, but I am so goddamn sick and tired of black people who think they're so fucking smart. Get your kids out of the, the room, please. I'm sorry. That they can micro-analyze the needs of Pookie and his family. Who don't give a shit about Guantanamo Bay. Don't give a shit about special interests. They gave a shit about Obamacare. They gave a shit about the advocacy for increasing their income. Now, just because black people go around fucking it all up. It's not Obama's fault. All we do is sit around, we read a couple of books on Marxism, and we read a couple of books on fascism, and we read a couple of books on socialism, and think we know so fucking much, but Pookie's mama can tell you what she needs, and you're not listening to her, you're worried about some fucking Guantanamo Bay. Excuse me, okay, I'm done. <coughs> How's music wow. lover? How are you? Okay. Well. Uh, How many times have you heard yeah. me go off like that? I think that's the. This ain't no time, time to be playing. I'm smarter than the, I went to the economics class and I learned this and I learned hmm. that. I'm sorry, house hmm. music lover. I know that's I talked right. to uh, early. I'm, I, I'm, um, I'm actually, up to. I, I mean, I spent the last 24 hours watching people who have done nothing. I mean, that young man who called and and you know, I apologize for getting so angry with him. He you know, he doesn't understand. He's talking to somebody who's been behind this microphone since 1985, and niggas still talking the same shit. Excuse me. Um. Since y'all take it from the rap music, you can take it from the tacos. Uh, But (laughs) the last 24 hours, people who have never accomplished anything, they've been, what what they call them, Monday Monday night? um, Monday morning quarterbacks. Monday morning quarterbacks. They have never understood the struggle of black people. They don't talk enough. They talk to each other about Marxism and 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 uh, whatever the hell. But this, you know, he, he caught me on the wrong night because I've been dealing with this since Sunday. Um, all my political scientist friends who think they know so goddamn much, who've never been in um, a housing project and talk to people and think about the things that they are struggling with and the things that matter in their lives. 
and the other half of them, they hating because they didn't get the job. Okay, mm. I'm done. I'm done. House music lover. Alpha, <laughs> you, you know Alpha <laughs> clowning in the chat room. <laughs> I don't, uh, and I, I want to apologize to that young man because I'm too old to be going off on people. But you know what? This is serious business. Serious business. Mm-hmm. We got 83 days to get this right. And 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 you know, uh, how's your music lover? In the first campaign for Barack Obama, I was criticizing him then. Mm-hmm. You know, like stay in the Senate. I mean, I even got I got the invitation to go to Springfield to hear him make his announcement. I wasn't going no damn well. I especially wasn't going to Springfield in the, Springfield, Illinois in in the winter. But uh, yep. th- this is serious business. People are dying. 167,000 people have died because these Republicans have done damage. Talk about the mountain of damage between Barack Obama and Donald Trump. You know why, house music lover? Because they don't understand. They don't understand. They don't know enough to understand that when a president writes an executive order, all hands on deck to change every goddamn thing in the House to fit that executive order, processes, methods, oversight, enforcement, new regulations, new policy guidance. And this man has been doing it for three years. And here we come with all the uh, – we, we live in a country where there's a two-party system because people who are – what do you call them, Monday morning quarterbacks? Monday morning quarterbacks haven't figured out how to, de- how to develop an independent political uh, party that's strong enough. The same goddamn people that's talking about Kamala Harris and, and Susan Rice and whoever – they were the people who were who, who in 2016 was supporting what the lady name in the in the Green Party party in the Green Party, Greenpeace party oh. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, the name escapes me right now, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, vote for her. Mm-hmm. And what she do? She goes she goes over to Russia and gets money from Putin to support the Greenpeace, the Green Party, and so now we're supposed to be voting for her. And she only comes out when it's time to run for president. And you don't have a Green Party, a national Green Party infrastructure to make any difference. The same goddamn people who, who uh, oh, Kamala Harris, she's not good enough. Oh, Susan Rice, she's not good enough. Cory Booker's not good enough. None of them. The Black Caucus, blah, 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 blah. They're the same people, the same people who didn't get with Bernie Sanders. 
because he was too white mm. and he was too Jewish and he was too old. I mean, I, at this point in where we are in the history of black people, you know, I, I guess I'm cussing for the future of my grandsons. Mm. And so I, I guess I need to. What? I'm sorry. So it sounds like you're talking about people who are like just natural contrarians. Um, well, I don't know if the they're natural or? contrarians, but they're coming across. They're coming across like, oh, this doesn't work. This doesn't work. This doesn't work. This doesn't work. Um, this black person's not good enough. This black person doesn't it doesn't fit the bill. This black person, it, it's almost like they're calling for a mile mile revolution in the goddamn White House. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. The revolution we want, the transformation we want, not going to happen in the White House. Cut the crap. Won't be top the civil down, rights be movement up. didn't happen in the White House. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. somebody writes me yesterday and tells me, oh, um, the civil rights movement got us to where we are right now. And I, I just want to say, you got a job? I, I, mm-hmm. I just, I'm going to have to calm myself down. Um, Alpha's waving in the, in the, in the chat room. Because this is pressing. Oh, I want to sound like I'm the intellect and I'm the calm one. And and I really think there's a good side on both sides. There are good people on both sides. Not for black people. <laughs> what the hell? Mm-hmm. I mean, we we got to battle the Democrats. Because, you know... House Music Lover, I'm not a uh, Republican or um, and, and I think all of it sure comes down to, I spent three years of my life traveling all over this country. I'm probably one of the few people in, in America that can say I've been to all but five states. And you know what those states oh, are, wow. right? <laughs> Let's Montana, start Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> Montana, Idaho, Wyoming, North Dakota, South Dakota. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, begging black people, giving them, giving them training, begging black people, come on, y'all. We don't have to put all of our political currency into the Democratic Party. They are not working for us. You know when that was? That was in 1992. Mm. Ron Daniels and I were, were traveling out of the money, out of our own pockets. Mm. Ron Walters was traveling with us. Ron Walters, the fame political scientist from Howard University and later Mm -hmm. University of Maryland, traveling out of, traveling all over with us, paying our own way. And I'm talking about hotel, airfare, 
Um, I did one time uh, get my job to, to send me on a couple of trips, do some work, and then I could be at a conference in California and New Mexico, Arizona. So I think that's why I'm tired. I'm tired. Mm-hmm. I'm exhausted from trying to hold up the sky, black people. Mm-hmm. And I know you didn't call me to. Uh, <laughs> alpha, I'm a bad alpha out of my out of my chat room because he in there messing. What's up, house music lover? I'm glad you didn't call ten minutes before the show got in. Um. Yeah, well, no, I, actually, I, I got settled in late and dialed in late and just heard the ter- tail end of that call and uh-huh. um, immediately caught the frustration in your voice before, um, you know, you went full force. But <clears throat> I guess since the announcement yesterday, you know, I've kind of been thrown also, especially what, with what happened in uh, here in Chicago Sunday. With, yeah, um, yeah. I saw the right, photo. Um, wow. But you know yeah, that's where Karini uh, 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 Karini Green used to be. Cabrini? Oh, well, where the incident happened. Where the incident happened. Um, at, no, it wasn't quite Cabrini. Um, uh-huh. But uh, the the looting was back down on uh, North Michigan Avenue. You know, downtown shopping district. Yeah, it was just a replay yeah. of what happened after George Floyd's death, um, okay. but it was uh-huh. spurred. It was spurred from nothing. Um, it was really, to me, um, it was just uh, it was an opportunity that a certain segment of the population took and used yeah. a shooting, yeah. a police-involved shooting, um, you know, to uh-huh. to stir things yeah. up. But at the same time, it still affects the least in the city. Um, you know, uh-huh. it's, it's still, you know, black folks out here just really still suffering because of COVID and because of previous conditions. But yeah, that didn't yeah. help. And it only is going to exacerbate, you know, the, the problems we have now and the problems we're going to have in the future with all of the with the the, the, the revenue cuts that are going to come statewide, countywide, citywide um, because yeah, of COVID yeah. and everything else. So. And they can't get yeah. the care bill together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and nobody, and, and, and very few people are, are also talking about the first bill that was passed, who got it? Large businesses. Yeah. That's who got the money, yeah. you know. Um, you know, I, I just, um, I just believe. Oh. That people are fed up, and and no. I would be the last person to say that we want to return back to where we were. No, we don't. But we don't have a clear infrastructure, a clear landscape, because we mm-hmm. have to move the rubble before we before we even begin to struggle again. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I'm wondering if that, that's by intent. What do you think, House Music? Well, just a comment on the, the who got the money first 
I'm looking at the stock market and the S&P and the Dow, and they're just, like, going through the roof. Um, Tesla yep. just did a split on their stock, 5-1. Uh, um, and it's still, after they split it, it's still at, at four, oh, above $1,400 a, a share. And, you know, that's because, what did they put, $2 trillion into uh, private equity, basically? Or not private equity, but into the stock market. Um, yeah. So they're really feeding it public dollars. They're feeding it tax dollars. And they ain't got nothing to lose. They're just pumping it in. They're just pouring it in. And, you know, that has a, a, a negative effect on the rest of us because, like I said, it's tax dollars. we got to pay that money back. And we don't get the benefit for the most part. Uh, the majority of us are not in the stock market like that. So we don't get the benefit of the rising of the stocks. But we do get ultimately the, the higher prices and the higher cost of everything as those stocks go up because they got to And who are the consumers? Dividends. Who are the consumers? Right. You know, I don't, I don't ascribe to the idea that black people are the backbone of the economy. I mean, some people say, oh, we're the biggest, we have purchase power. We have purchase Mm -hmm. power. We do not have purchase power. Correct. What we do is we spend all of our, all of our income trying to live. Right. Because our political currency is just scattered all over the place. Our political, our our political um, intelligence, and that's what that young man, that person, that caller irritated me about. Um, To say that Obama, Barack Obama, did nothing. Uh, and then I, I know that set, that that mindset, that he mm-hmm. had a Democratic House, he had a Democratic Senate, but and and then to say that we're fighting white supremacy, and these people want to say that they understand the system of white supremacy, but they don't understand what happened to Barack Obama. You see. The system of, of, of white supremacy locked him down, which is why he had no business being president in the first place. Yeah, I second that. Um, okay. I, I second that. Okay. You know, and, and, and this, yeah, and this, this is my problem with Kamala Harris. The Democrats are playing a very scary game. Mm-hmm. If they don't take over the Senate mm-hmm. and they've taken Kamala Harris out of play and yeah. Donald Trump is able to steal this election I you know I you know people keep saying we're fucked we've been fucked but we will be more fucked because when you are when you are when you have gone over the railing and you're holding on if the railing goes away, what happens? Start Black falling. people live on the railing. We live mm-hmm. on the railing. Yep. So railing gives way, then you fall. If they take away the the railing, oh, we we just keep sliding down the building and hit the ground. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, I just 
I, I, I don't get why people are not understanding that nothing else matters right now. I think a lot of people do, but you can't say that you understand, you can't purport that you understand the American economy if you don't understand and you try to somehow do uh, do some outcome analysis because the black people are in in their in the American economy, they just get money, spend money, get money, skin, spend money. Look at all of the evictions. Those people mm-hmm. simply have have hundreds of thousands of people. You know, and then you've got a sick president, and you know why he's allowing the evictions to expire. He's allowing the evictions to expire, and he didn't use his executive order to extend eviction bans until March of next year because he's Mm -hmm. pissed off. And he keeps talking about these suburban women, these suburban housewives and the mm-hmm. suburbs and affordable housing not going into the sub. He's pissed off because the government forced him to abide by the Fair Housing Act of non-discrimination as a, as a landlord. He's pissed off about it. Mm. That's why all the people who live in affordable housing, all the people who have Section 8, all them people, they just evil people, they just low lives, they 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 the the uh, shithole tenants. Scourge of the earth. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. So you've been thinking. I know I keep interrupting you because you keep bringing up some stuff that we need to really punch out. Um, what are your thoughts about um, I, 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 about the, uh, Kamala Harris as a Democratic you know, nominee? Um, I think it put I think it put black folks in a trick bag. Um, I was thinking uh, Susan Rice, if for no other reason, because um, she wasn't a senator, um, and it doesn't put any kind of, uh, you know, a Senate House seat in peril, and, and, you know, accidentally Uh Uh on purpose. Um, Uh Well, all these uh, ultra-left, all these ultra-left, capital Marxist, Intelligentsia Population uh, They wouldn't You know They hate Susan Rice too Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. I mean it's almost that they don't Understand that whoever's in The White House whoever is in Any of the cabinet positions Those cabinet positions Are simply to carry out White House Policy That's not for the people About the people um, so they don't like Susan Rice. They don't like Kamala Harris. What the fuck do they like? 
I don't know. I tried to think about. I mean, for those um, of you who knew, I don't generally use expletives on the show, but you know, damn, at some point you just t- get tired. Go ahead. Oh, um, I thought about uh, what would happen if he had chosen uh, Lance Bottom. Um, but I stopped thinking about that weeks ago because uh, she wasn't she wasn't a usual suspect, and um, Biden is the um, you know he is the usual suspect. How many times has he run for yeah, president? He's, he, he's a Democratic establishment. Exactly. You know, exactly. it's just like they started attacking Jimmy Carter. What the hell do you think a a, a peanut farmer from Georgia gonna do? Mm-hmm. There is not going, and let me say this again, and I'm, I am calming down. Um, I am calming down. There will be no mama president. You know, Michael Cord, I love Michael Cord out of Philadelphia. Um, Michael Cord wrote on his Facebook page, don't be coming to my page trying to debate me. Take that I disagree bull BS to your F at G page. Otherwise, you will be deleted and blocked. Amen. Mm-hmm. Uh, because he wrote something uh, that uh, I, I absolutely have to agree with. He, 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 I mean, he wrote that, you know, yeah. We want, um, you know, we would love for Asada. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to find it because I just thought it was a brilliant way of putting it. You know, he wrote, yeah, we, we want to nominate Asada. We want Asada as president. We want Harry Tubman as president. We want a whole bunch of people as president. But... That's not what's 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 important today. That was important when you started gathering up denominations, you know. And and the other thing um, that he wrote, and I'm trying to recall all the stuff he he wrote. He he wrote, if you have a Jamaican father, and were born in Oakland and raised in a Baptist church and graduated from a HBCU and pledged, a.k.a. you black. And if you don't understand that shit, you a hating ass dumbass. <laughs> I love Michael. I mean, Michael just brings it pure. I mean, he's a civil rights attorney in, um, <coughs> excuse me, in, um, in Philadelphia. Um mm-hmm. And, and you know, and I understand the kind of, and he doesn't usually go off like that. Um, here it is. I found it. Dear ideologically pure comrades, I, just like you, wanted Joe Biden to select a woker and pro-blacker and revolutionary vice presidential running mate. I wish he had selected Sister Angela, but he didn't. I wish he had selected Sister Asada, but he wouldn't. I wish he had selected Sister Harriet, but he couldn't. Instead, he selected Sister Senator Kamala Harris because he wants to win in November. 
meaning he wants to kick the fake orange so-called president out of the real White House, and he realizes, whether you like it or not, that politics is the art of compromise and that strategy beats emotion every day. I want a classless socialist revolution in America, but it ain't coming in November. Therefore, I am happily accept an end to Hitlerian fascism in November so that I can be in a better position to continue my socialist crusade afterwards. And then he says, vote Biden and Harris in November. Now, I think that's, 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 that takes it all. Yeah, that's a strong way of putting it. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think I think a, I think a lot of people, um, I think they got to come to that same conclusion. However, they got to get there. Um, yeah, because yeah. Trump's Trump's not Trump's not a reality. Shouldn't be a reality. Shouldn't be a possibility. You know, he's got to go. I mean, okay. I, I just you know, yeah, he got to go. Hey, house music lover. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I was listening to uh, Sam Peter Jackson earlier this morning, and uh, she had a panel of people on, and um, she actually got into a a little tip with uh, one of the women who uh, was on the panel who was supporting, you know, supports her in every way, but came from a different perspective um, from where she was in terms of – yeah, by by all means, we just have to get behind this and support it. Where she was more like, well, let's also educate um, why at the same time. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. They yeah. were really in, going in the same direction, um, but with different emphasis. But ultimately, we all got to get to the same place and, you know, come out in droves so that yeah. it's no, yeah. no matter what, it's not a, a look. It's it's nothing yeah, but a man. Yeah. Nothing but yeah. But majority and, and, people and, and, trying to get him out. And when when you say the, the the Republican Party to me, you're talking Jim Jordan, Matt Gates, uh, um, slime balls like Jamie Grant, slime balls hmm. like Mario. Um, um, the senator from Florida uh, and Rick Scott. To me, yep, that's Scott, that. that sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Rubio, Marco Rubio. Rubio. Yeah. Uh, Marco yeah. Rubio. You're you're talking about the um, uh, Meadows. You're talking about Mitch McConnell. Manute. You're talking about Lindsey Graham. So don't mm-hmm. come telling me about no damn Republican Party. Mm-hmm. And I know I could go through the Democratic Party with the same with with the same um, small tooth comb, but mm-hmm. I also know that there's a Maxine Waters and an Adam Schiff and a Katie Porter uh, in the Democratic Party. Tom Perez, mm-hmm. I have, I, I, I whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that's it. I gotta go to another caller. Um, How's music lover? Uh, thank you so much. And I once again want to apologize to everybody for my tirade. But you know, 
after a while, you just have to say, damn. That's right. Thanks for taking my call. Okay, you you hang you hang hang good there in Chicago. Uh, I saw your your mayor. Uh, didn't pay much oh. attention to everything she was saying. Um, like most uh, on Kamala style. Harris, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's a party. It's you know, and, and and but here's the other thing. Let me say this to you before you go. If 72% of all the black people in America who vote say they like Kamala Harris, who is anybody to tell them that Kamala Harris is not the right person? She made a lot of missteps as a prosecutor. She made a lot of missteps when she worked in the office of uh, Willie Brown. Mm-hmm. But... They weren't permanent damage. And the other thing, too, is she got reelected three times by California voters. So, hey, you know, I would have liked to have seen her stay in the Senate where she was to get some more stuff under her belt. And I hope that Newsom will appoint Katie per- uh, Porter. To her seat. Mm. Yeah. How's yeah. it, You hang in there. Thanks for your call. Thanks, Josh. Okay. Seven seven three. Thank you for calling our common ground. I think well, this is uh, Elfo. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, Go on, beat me yeah, up. Yeah, what's wrong with Kamala Harris? She leaves. Wait a minute. She leaves. She leaves the Senate. The governor either puts Katie Porter or uh, Shifty Shift or uh, you know how many uh, replacements for Senate for Senate can uh, take Kamala Harris. I mean, that's not a. Uh, you got Karen Bass. You you got you got Karen Bass. Adam Schiff. Um, we even got Auntie Maxine. Oh, and Maxine, I don't think we're right. Because she's going to slap the hell out it. of somebody. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, but, yeah. I mean, I'm saying, I'm, let me say this. This ain't no, you get this clown out of the White House as quickly as you possibly can. You can't mess around with who he could have picked and who he should have picked. And if, if, if Kamala Harris opens up his base in his field, that's who you go with. And I don't think Joe Biden's going more than one term. And the question is, can Kamala Harris be yeah, because he, if he's real, elected, he'll be the oldest president elected ever. And at the end care. of his first term, he'll be 81 years old. Okay, so he'll be a one-term president, period. He's not yep. going to run a second time. So, and I don't think, I really don't think, even after that, I don't think Kamala can win in 2024. Now, 
I love some Kamala Harris, but I don't um, oversee the level of racism in this nation. I don't oversee. I don't overlook that at all. And there would have to be some drastic switches and changes. Although I think she can handle the job after being vice president. I really think she can handle the job. But the vitriolic nature of the right, when they are getting a pass, they are literally getting a pass. The media is doing the same thing they did to get Donald Trump elected. They are ignoring things like the first and second stimulus packages went to the rich people, went to the Trump donors, and they got bailout money, and now you're going to let Do them. Do you know Kanye and West they, got $2 million? Did you know that? Okay, Kanye, and, he, and he's running it for president to cut down the black vote. So they have basically gave him $2 million to finance his campaign. So well, I hope any, any black money. person that votes for Kanye West will turn in a black card the minute they cast that ballot. I'm just saying. Well, I mean, I'm guaranteed. I understand, but see, that's the killingest part about it. <clears throat> the people, the Kanye West people, those are no better than the R. Kelly people, who will still back R. Kelly, even though he's about to be sitting in a jail cell for a while. For Wait a minute, he's not in jail? He is. He is. He's not he's in, in jail? jail. I oh, think he okay. is in jail. Oh, okay. So, and I'm just saying, they're the same, they're of the same mindset. His, his music is what gets to them. And the same with Kanye. His music is what gets to him, and 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 gives mm-hmm. them that that thought. So when well, you get then right he down must have to written it. a he must have written that song "Gold Digger" for Melania. No, Melania That's didn't only... need that. <laughs> Melania didn't need That's that. That's the only. That's the only song I know. I have no idea what Kanye West music is about. As a matter of fact, I was going to call you and ask you what <laughs> WAP was about because I have no idea what that's about what, either. What was who about? Kanye? I've never even no, heard of w- Kanye. W-A-P. I've never heard of W-A-P. What the hell is that? I, I have no idea. Somebody asked me I, what I I've never heard of what I thought of it, and I had no idea what it was. I've never heard anything Kanye West <laughs> has written or none of that. They told me, "Ha, he a genius. He this, he that. He's a mentally challenged black man." Absolutely, and he's being exploited by the Republican. See, one of the things people are not understanding that over the last. Eight years, the Republican Party is not the Republican Party of George Bush, is not the Republican Party even of Ronald Reagan. People are not understanding that. 
what they are, Janice. Well, they are. Ronald Reagan, not policy-wise. I'm talking about low-down, dirty MF. Oh yeah. Well, I'm talking about policy-wise. They, they, they are Nixon scorched earth, Alpha. Yeah, and that's how they that they come to the fight with a gun, uh, a shotgun. And they they know the opponent is coming with, you know, a thesaurus and a feather. And they've known that for the last 70 years. And they've mm-hmm. taken advantage of it for the last 70 years. No, there is no low in which they won't stoop. There is no topic. And no that law for what, that they won't violate in order to get what they want. It's exactly. really sad. Yeah, Alpha, uh, it, it, it it's really disheartening that people are trying to make this a lot more complex and complicated than it has to be. Uh, because Ooh, it, who's trying to make it hard? Them people. Not Pookie and his mama, but um, oh, oh, these well, these college educated. Uh, so-called in political intellectuals. Well, you have to also understand that those are the types of people who are really not in on your side. Those are the <clears throat> how do y'all? What name do y'all give these people? Neoliberals? Is that what? It it, it just yes. makes it, it makes no sense to me. I don't. I don't pretend to be anything but what I am. And I talk it, I walk it. And we ain't running away from nothing. So when you get right down to it, you can't, and I didn't hear, you got a call and you got a call while my computer was messing with your sound and I had a tough time getting in and so I didn't hear the call that you got. You got a call? Oh, you didn't, I didn't hear that? No. Oh, okay. He was he was trying to explain to me all the intricacies of there's a problem with both parties, that he volunteered and worked for Barack Obama, but we need to understand this problem. It was going on too much. It was too, it was just too much for me, Alvin. It was too much for me. And he was talking. Well, I'm, I, and why well, we need I, to I, look at both sides and and and, and you know you know my position. I don't want to hear nothing the Republicans got to say. Nothing. Well, that's my whole that's my whole thing. If you are just a person who was in this. Arena, and you can't see that the Republican Party, not for anything but the rich, the elite, the ch- the, the cheating rich in our government, as opposed and, to and maintaining people. the racial inequities. Exactly, and and basically, the oh, and he made one of the side. famous statements that I know the statement that you love so much. I know you love the statement. He said Barack Obama didn't do anything for black people. Oh, and I like that statement. 
Yeah, I, I know that would, you know, I, I know you like them kind of calls. Well, I, I look at the people who say that are, the, are simply the same kind of people who want who wanted to him to move earth and everything else, and it didn't. Yeah, really they want him to be the to bring the Mama Revolution. Didn't understand what a filibuster was. Didn't understand the the, the madness of and stupidity of someone like Harry Reid, and the just the a-holes like Max Baucus, Lieberman, Manchin, all of those people who were not going to allow Barack Obama. And they, they were doing it, you know, they were basically cloaked in doing it. But they weren't going to allow Barack Obama to force through his agenda. Although mm-hmm. they were not enough if Barack Obama wanted to nuclear option everything, which he should have done when he found out they were simply being unreasonable. And, you know, with the filibuster, after 300, Nancy Pelosi passed 300 bills. They filibustered 300 bills. The hell with the country. The hell with progress. Let Obama suffer, and he just stood around and took it. Yeah, he stood and around and took it. That that's my that that is my fundamental criticism of him. It's not in this guy would say he promised he would close Guantanamo Bay. Well, Pookie and them don't care about no damn Guantanamo Bay. It's not paying their rent and it's not buying their food. Well, that's the one thing Obama didn't figure out is that his base expected one thing that he was not going to get unless he changed, totally changed the system. And he somehow, his his super intelligence didn't figure that out. Hell, I figured that out and I got a 12th grade education. <laughs> Period. Yeah. Yeah. I, who, was it, who was it, Mark Twain that said, I didn't let my schooling well, come in it's, it's not. It, it's education. not even his ed- education. It was his political culturing. Um, you know, people do not understand, and, 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 and that's one of the reasons that, you know, uh, get, I want to get your feedback from the show on Saturday night with, with Ruby Sales. People do not understand that even the civil rights movement was different from the southern civil rights movement. It was different. That's right. And it was different for many reasons. You're talking about a president, you're talking about a guy who attended um, a very elite because I, one of my colleagues, in the in the federal government was uh, a friends of Barack Obama in high school, in the high school that he went to, an elite high school, where the privileged in Ho- uh, in 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 the area where he lived, that's where the privileged kids went. He grew up 
being nurtured by white people. So there is a whole other Southern people understand the difference between how black people reared their kids in the South and, and during that time and, and, and white people reared their children. They It was different because you had to prepare black children for something that was totally different from their white counterparts. Um, and then he went to Columbia. And then he went to Harvard. I mean... I have I have one of my degrees is from Harvard. I went to the Kennedy School, um, but I was a, a, a very grown adult by the time I went to the Kennedy School. But that but I hung out at Harvard, and when I was an undergraduate, a lot, I had a lot of friends at Harvard. It was all male at the time, but we parted at Harvard. We we we. We hung with the kids who went to the law school. The Kennedy School wasn't there yet. We hung with the with the black kids who were in their L1 at Harvard Law School, uh, at the School of Education, and 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 that wasn't Barack Obama's experience. He was a do-gooder when he went to Chicago as a community organizer working for a nonprofit community based organization. You know, he 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 worked with those people but then he went home and hung out with his people at the University of Chicago and and his um and his his student his his friends from Harvard and his friend and, and Michelle's friends from Princeton. So right. he he had he had no baseline here in Chicago exactly. for the everyday person. No baseline whatsoever. But but one of the things I will say about Barack Obama, he had a love for black people. So dear. And I will always say that. That is why um, I, I, I picked that up. I mean, I knew Michelle Obama when she was at Harvard Law School. Um, and um, you understood that she had black parents, but but she lived in Chicago. She knew nothing about what I knew about about Jim Crow or segregation or any of that stuff. So, um, I, I will always call Barack Obama my brother. It's just like having somebody in your family who's always fucking up, you know. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I'm in, I'm in that kind of mood tonight. But but I'm gonna I want to go to break. But I want to ask you, uh, talk with you, Alpha, and I'm thinking about making you the host of this Wednesday night thing because um, I'm doing too many things in the background that's really causing me a lot of consternation. Um, I'm, I'm losing friends and, and and comrades going through this thing because I do not think. I, I think I have a, a different kind of mindset to know to the extent how much dismantling of a government causes in the disruption of the lives of black people. Not black people who got a job teaching and got a job working at the the company and got a job um, being a professional. I'm talking about working class black people who have 
no in charge except for the in charge in the place where they live, where they sleep, where they have to face their children, where they have to say no, they have to figure it out. And I don't think that we've got an intellectual class or a class of skilled professional black people large enough to understand that that is where the struggle is. The struggle is about how people are going to eat, how people are going to house their families, how people are going to fight the fight in the jobs that they do have. Alpha, can you hang on while I go for a break? Sure. You know about them breaks. I'm going to put you on mute. Thank you all for joining us at our common ground. It's kind of tense up in here. I'm 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 in a sweat and um I'm not sure. Um I'm just not sure. Thank you for joining us at Our Common Ground with Janice Graham, transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. Transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. Every 10 years, the census comes along, and it seems like everyone I know always asks the same two questions. What is the census, and why does it even matter? Let me give it to you straight. The census counts every single person living in America. An accurate count of our community tells us where there are more people, and where there are more people, there are more needs. Our participation could impact how public funding flows to our schools, health clinics, senior care, job training, and housing. It even determines our congressional representation. I don't know about you, but it sure sounds like the census matters to me. This year, take a little time for the 2020 census. You can complete it online, by phone, or by mail, and make sure you count everybody you live with. Your mama, daddy, sweethearts, babies, roommates, everyone. This chance only comes every 10 years, so let's step up and be counted. Shape your future. Start here. Learn more at 2020census.gov. Paid for by U.S. Census Bureau. Because our society is only as strong as all its individuals, the United Negro College Fund has helped educate thousands of doctors and researchers, but we need more. Thousands of architects and engineers, but we need more. 
thousands of teachers and biologists, but we need more. And when disease, injustice, pollution, poverty, and countless other problems threaten to pull us apart, we had better educate every single person who has the potential to solve our problems. And to educate more people, we need more of your help. Give to the United Negro College Fund. With so much at stake, a mind is a terrible thing to waste. Our Common Ground with Janice Graham. Transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. And thank you for being with us here at Our Common Ground as we went out on a short break, uh, we were talking with Alpho in Chicago, uh, and I wanted to get his input about the U.S. Postal Service and what's happening. Uh, restricting voter access is how I see it. Alpha, what do you think? They talk about the post office losing money. And I don't know if it's me or I missed it or it kind of slept through and went past me through the night. But how come no one's talking about, none of the uh, uh, hosts, the, the cable channel hosts, none of the Democrats are speaking about H.R. 6407, the Postal Accountability, uh, whatever act that is, of 2006. The one that strapped the post office with a $5.5 billion bill that funds the pension and health care 75 years in advance for its employees. And it costs $5.5 billion a year. So since 2006, they've had to pay this. So they're like, uh, rough math, they're more than $21 billion in the hole. And if they keep losing at that rate, no wonder they're trying to, the, the, the garden, the, the table is set to basically privatize them because that, that, that poison pill has taken effect and has grown and grown and grown since 2006, you're talking 14 years. So in 14 years, the post office is sitting on $28 billion slush fund that is you know, targeted for pensions and health care for its employees 75 years in advance. So why isn't this a topic for discussion and this constant, they're losing money, they're losing money, they're losing money. The post office 
has profited over $2 million a year. And you're talking about an agency that does not require taxpayer dollars to operate. They operate on their own funds, on what they make. So, and I don't, I, 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 I'm losing, I'm missing something here. Well, I, I think that they're also, uh, in addition to um, destroying the U.S. Postal Service, there's a more immediate and pressing issue that has to do with voter access, and that is that you've got a postal inspector general yeah, uh, who has decided to slow down the mail that the post office is no longer handling any election mail. This is a new policy enacted last week, no longer handling election mail as it has been for every election for the past 25 years as first-class mail. They're handling it as bulk mail. That means ballots going to people, ballots coming from people. And I read an article in Politico today which talks about the central postal uh, facilities are removing sorters. Yeah. <laughs> they removed the sorters in Iowa? So, so I... I, I, I what am I missing here? Is this just out and out? It's targeted corruption. Yeah. It's a cri- it's it's corruption. targeted it's, crim- it's, yeah. It's targeted criminality. And uh, right in the right in daylight, and the and the new yep. postmaster general, he has he's never worked in a post office. He's never supervised a post office. But he gave he's millions of dollars to the Trump campaign. Right. He gave millions to the Trump campaign. And he got the job, and now he's doing Trump's bidding. Yep, yep. He's setting it so, up I'm, so that in key states, in battleground states, the mail will be slowed down. And and here here is my advice to people who are listening. If you live in a zip code, where the population is predominantly Democratic or predominantly black or Latinx, you should deliver, if you're voting by mail, you should hand deliver your ballot. Other is that, you know, and this gets to all them people with all them degrees hollering about fascism and hollering about authoritarianism and neoliberalism and and Marxism and uh, what black people not do, what black elected, the black mismanagement of black leadership, blah, blah, blah. You are the leaders that you have been looking for in your neighborhoods, in your communities. I mean, there are loads of churches, black churches that have vans that can take people to the supervisor of election locations and drop off their ballots. 
No one who lives in a black zip code should be putting their ballots in the mail. Period. Amen. Because it may never get there. Because in addition, I mean, you've got to understand that QAnon and the white supremacy groups, they are employed everywhere. The idea of... I heard there were like, like three million of them now. And I just heard... Well, I one just, one just won a, a, a QAnon, was it in Michigan or Missouri? She just won a primary, the, the Republican primary, a QAnon. That, she that, is proud of in, it, graced somebody or another. That, that was in Georgia. And oh, she it was in a, Georgia? Uh, okay. Yeah, she... And it's like... Now they've reached the halls of Congress. Does this sound familiar? The same was with the Tea Party. The QAnon movement has been uh, financed from the the rich white folks, just like the Tea Party was financed with the Koch brothers, rich white folks. So when they talk about George Soros, and uh, uh, who else? Bill Gates financing liberal causes. It's different as night and day. Yeah, it's different it really as night is. and day. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And okay, also, well, like um, I, I, I want to do a little talking about. Um, Kamala Harris's uh, criminal justice record. Um, I'm going to put you on mute because you're having problems with your computer. And then I want to. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've been running around hollering about and saying, um, and, and 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 talking about. Um, how there's a lot of stupid people in this country, and I'm not talking about people with differences of opinion. I mean just stupid people for no reason. And that we will vote for for whoever. Um, um, is on the Democratic ticket. But now all these people got a problem with who's on the Democratic ticket. Right, right. You but, know. But Janice, I'm, I want to put you at ease. There is such an uh, this isn't about Biden or whoever he puts on the ticket. This election is all about getting rid of Donald Trump. That's right. And that's how people and, are voting. And, and, you know, there's 83 days. Till November 3rd And there are 83 reasons To kick this president Out of the White House And let me give you Reason number 83 He's appointing anti-civil rights Anti-black Anti-women Anti-choice And anti-privacy Reactionary young lawyers In their 40s To lifetime positions On the federal bench in order to mold the courts 
in his dystopian image for the next 30 to 40 years. So far, of the nearly 1,700 judicial positions in America's 209 federal courts, he's filled a whopping 203, which includes two Supreme Court justices, 53 appeals court justices, 146 district court justices, and two international trade court justices, with 41 more awaiting for district court and one for international trade court. You had better be afraid and stop the nonsense talking about there's good on both sides, because there is no good on both sides. The only hope, the only, give me another word, Alpha, the only hope that we have feeding Donald Trump is that every black voter who can vote, because, you know, in Florida, even though the court said that convicted felons have the right to vote, the court the court said it. The dim, the Republicans of of Florida don't care, and they have put a monkey wrench. And they just nominated a woman who is black, and we got to talk about that too, to the Florida Supreme Court. And she has no qualifications, none. She never, she never, she, she doesn't even know what a courthouse, a, a courtroom looks like. That's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. Eighty-three days, folks. You've got to decide whether, uh, whether, or not, and, and 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 Alpha, check me if I'm wrong. If you think these four years have been bad, sure. if he <laughs> is reelected, um, I'm I'm checking all my friends where, wherever they live. I'm trying to figure out how to get a teaching job in Cuba or somewhere because it's going to be so bad that you can't even begin to imagine it. Am I right, Alpha? What's the boy's name in Hungary? Victor, the president of Hungary? Polichinski. Polichinski. Whatever. Is it Polichinski? Is Victor, boy is Victor in, something? Boy in, no, that's the guy in Belarus. But what about Her it, girl, I put a, um, I have a, a, a story on my page on Facebook. He is the president of Hungary, and he became president of, of, a, of a democracy. And in this democracy, it took him nine years to turn this democracy into, uh, <laughs> I can't even say it's a, I can't even say it's a plutocracy. It's a, it's a third world nation. Hungary is now. Yeah. Nine years, that's all it took. It took him nine years to turn this, and he did it by uh, 
turning the people against the press, basically turning the people against all of his dissenters, locking up his dissenters, the whole nine yards. And the playbook is the same playbook Donald Trump is following now. Yeah. And that's all you you got to watch. That's why. That's why he talks to Vladimir Putin so much all the time because he's checking the playbook. Putin is telling him they've set it up so that they can. Um, So that people have gotten to the extent that they expected. Now that we expect it and we just shake our heads rather than going off the deep end like I did tonight, uh, now that they do that, he's just putting everything in place. Everything in place. Democracy is a threat to Trump and all white supremacists. That is why they use all of their power to destroy it. Um, so I want to um, thank you, Alpha, for spending some time with me. And we need to talk about you co-hosting this because I don't like to lose my shit the way I lost my shit tonight. I've got to be more measured. Uh, hmm? well, I'm going to bring you a measuring cup, a cup of measuring ah, spoon. Nobody's <laughs> trying to, nobody's trying not to, not to say what they feel. Come on, you can't worry about yeah. that. You know, Keep and it's it, it, it's it's I, I don't know I, I just I'll just have to be more measured. Thank you, Alpha. See you on Saturday right, night. Okay. Okay. Uh, that was Alpha, the host of uh, the Alpha Show. And if you'd like to hear more about what he has to say about common sense politics, you can find him on TruthWorks Network, the Alpha Show. And uh, I hope that you do. And follow him as Dwayne Alford on Facebook and Alpho8 on Twitter. If you'd like to follow us and stay connected, uh, you can keep up with us at ourcommonground.com, which is our website, Uh, on Facebook. uh, We sponsor a number of uh, pages. One has to do with black women. One has to do with reparations. We sponsor the Reparations Reader on Facebook. Everything you need to know and understand about reparations is on our Facebook page there. And we're at Our Common Ground with Janice Graham, Working While Black, uh, which was a radio series that we had on our Network channel, TruthWorks Network, and all of the our archives of those programs. Souls of Fire with Dr. Matthew Johnson. Um, 
uh, it, all in our archives at TruthWorks Network. And again, thank you for being with us tonight, and thank you for um, hanging in there with us because it, 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 it was uh, it was very testy there. I, I don't often get testy, but you know, at some point. But I do want to share with you, uh, Ruby Sales gave us some Southern comfort on last Saturday night at our Common Ground, and today she has been writing on her from her front porch, and you can read uh, her front porch from my front porch, Ruby Sales, at Facebook, and what she has written is, uh, today, uh, yesterday, uh, on the um, nomination of Kamala Harris, this magic moment is made for democracy. It gave white America another chance to do right by black women and legitimize their claim of democracy. Additionally, I would be remiss if I fail to acknowledge that this is a transient moment that honors the struggles of women of all colors who went through the fire of misogyny and white patriarchy to make real sense the promise of democracy and equal rights for all. How we read this historical moment where Biden has chosen Kamala Harris, a black woman for vice president, determines in whose hands do we think the lotus, the locus of power resides, and from which socio-historical gazes do we view and understand history and the efficacy of our lives. This moment is the verification of an important fulfillment of the promise of democracy which generations of black girls and women, including my sisters in SNCC, and generations of ordinary black girls and women poured their hearts and hands into molding. We accomplished this awesome mission despite the persistent attempts of fascist white supremacists to abort it. Kamala Harris is the manifestation of the resilience, faith, and steel determination of black women's and girls' victories of keeping our eyes on the ideals of democracy. We kept the faith to its promise and possibility when all around us the guardians of whiteness methodically tried to destroy it because rather than believing in it, they feared it. This moment gives truth to the power and inner strength of black women who stayed the course in the most brutal, systemic waters without becoming broken-winged birds are wounded or embittered beyond repair by the trauma of state-sanctioned rape and violence by white men and their broken promises of democracy. Today, black women handed America a major victory and reaffirmation that democracy has a future in a growing fascist world where white men continue to carry out a war against it. 
Today, Biden's selection of Kamala Harris presents white America, especially white men who have done democracy the most harm, a pathway out of socio-political nihilism into the life-affirming way towards reparation, redemption, and restoration. It is out of this history that democracy, democracy still rises. It is out of this history that democracy breathes. It is out of this history that democracy gains its legitimacy. That was from my dear sister, Ruby Sales. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Thank you for joining us at Our Common Ground with Janice Graham, transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. a lot of things talking of the people making commentary um interestingly enough the ones i've noticed that have been making the commentary are wealthy black people making the commentary about we should not be um rioting we should not be looting we should not be tearing up our own communities and then there's been an argument of the other side of we should be hitting them in the pocket we should be focusing on the blackout days where we don't spend money um but you know I feel like we should do both, and I feel like I support both, and I'll tell you why I support both. I support both because there's, when you have a civil unrest like this, there are three types of people in the streets. There are the protesters, there are the rioters, and there are the looters. The protesters are there because they actually care about what is happening in the community. They want to raise their voices, and they are there strictly to protest. You have the rioters who are angry, who are anarchists, who really just want to fuck shit up, and that's what they're going to do regardless. And then you have the looters, and the looters almost exclusively are just there to do that, to loot. Now, people are like, well, what did you gain? Well, what did you get from looting? I think that as long as we're focusing on the what, we're not focusing on the why, and that's my issue with that. As long as we're focusing on what they're doing, we're not focusing on why they're doing. And some people are like, well, those aren't people who are legitimately angry about what's happening. Those are people who just want to get stuff. Okay, well then, 
Let's go with that. Let's say that's what it is. Let's ask ourselves why in this country in 2020, the financial gap between poor blacks and the rest of the world is at such a distance that people feel like their only hope and only opportunity to get some of the things that we flaunt a flash in front of them all the time is to walk through a broken glass window and get it. That they are so hopeless that getting that necklace, getting that TV, getting that change, getting that bed, getting that phone, whatever it is that they're going to get is that in that moment when the riots happen and if they present an opportunity of looting, that's their only opportunity to get it. We need to be questioning that why. Why are people that poor? Why are people that broke? Why are people that that food insecure, that clothing insecure, that they feel like they're only shot, that they are shooting their shot by walking through a broken glass window to get what they need. And then people want to talk about, well, there's plenty of people who pulled themselves up by their bootstraps and got it on their own. Why can't they do that? Let me explain to you something about economics in America. And I'm so glad that as a child I got an opportunity to spend time at PUSH where they taught me this, is that we must never forget that economics was the reason that black people were brought to this country. We came to do the agricultural work in the south and the textile work in the north. Do you understand that? That's what we came to do. We came to do the agricultural work in the south and the textile work in the north. Now, if I right now, if I right now decided that I wanted to play Monopoly with you, and for 400 rounds of playing Monopoly, I didn't allow you to have any money, I didn't allow you to have anything on the board, I didn't allow for you to have anything, and then we played another 50 rounds of Monopoly, and everything that you gained and you earned while you were playing that round of Monopoly was taken from you. That was Tulsa. That was Rosewood. There are pla- those are places where we built black economic wealth, where we were self-sufficient, where we owned our stores where we owned our property, and they burned them to the ground. So that's 450 years. So for 400 rounds of Monopoly, you don't get to play at all. Not only do you not get to play, you have to play on the behalf of the person that you're playing against. You have to play and make money and earn wealth for them, and then you have to turn it over to them. So then for 50 years, you finally get a little bit and you're allowed to play. And every time that they don't like the way that you're playing or that you're catching up or that you're doing something to be self-sufficient, they burn your game. They burn your cards. They burn your Monopoly money. And then finally at the release and the onset of that, they allow you to play and they say, okay, now you catch up. Now at this point, the only way you're going to catch up in the game is if the person shares the wealth, correct? But what if every time you share the wealth, then there's psychological warfare against you to say, oh, you're an equal opportunity higher. So if I played 400 rounds of Monopoly with you and I had to play and give you every dime that I made, and then for 50 years, every time that I played, I, if you didn't like what I did, you got to burn it like they did in Tulsa and like they did in Rosewood, how can you win? How can you win? You can't win. The game is fixed. So when they say, why do you burn down the community? Why do you burn down your own neighborhood? It's not ours. We don't own anything. We don't own anything. There is, Trevor Noah said it so beautifully last night. There's a social contract that we all have, that if you steal or if I steal, then the person who is the authority comes in and they fix the situation. But the person who fixes the situation is killing us. So the social contract is broken.
And if the social contract is broken, why the fuck do I give a shit about burning the fucking football hall of fame, about burning a fucking target? You broke the contract when you killed us in the streets and didn't give a fuck. You broke the contract when for 400 years we played your game and built your wealth. You broke the contract when we built our wealth again on our own by our bootstraps in Tulsa and you dropped bombs on us. When we built it in Rosewood and you came in and you slaughtered us. You broke the contract, so fuck your target. Fuck your Hall of Fame. As far as I'm concerned, they could burn this bitch to the ground. And it still wouldn't be enough. And they are lucky that what black people are looking for is equality and not revenge. Thank you for joining us at Our Common Ground with Janice Graham. Transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. And now, back to Janice. That's so hard to hear. This is a young woman who's just entered into her 30s. And this is her truth. I think it's the truth of so many of her generation, of so many even of my generation. Our number is 347-838-9852. Um, I do want to make one more point about how important this U.S. protecting the U.S. Postal Service. Um, you see, Trump didn't choose this inspector, postal inspector DeJoy, to run the post office. He chose him to destroy it. He gave him an extra incentive to kill the post office to help him steal the election. This man already has so much invested in private delivery companies to the tune of $75 million. I'm talking about 75. UPS, J.B. Hunt, XPO Logistics, they're all delivery companies like FedEx, like the Postal Service. He's happy to destroy the USPS just to make a few extra million dollars. Uh, The other point I wanted to make before my brain went into um, no, no blood uh, did you note that when um, uh, J- Joe Biden and Kamala Harris came on the stage this afternoon, that they came on the stage to the music of Curtis Mayfield, uh, the GOAT Chicago soul R&B artist of all times, and they came on to his Moving On Up. I I noted that real quick in 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 the process. Um, just to give you a, a, a good overview or a, a little overview about Kamala Harris, um, there are many who argue that the criticisms against her sell her short, missing the time she was ahead of the country and even the Democratic Party on criminal justice issues, such as when she implemented prison diversion programs as district attorney 
And it was a first of its kind uh, and racial bias training for police officers. She has that record. Um, But she was working in a system uh, where it made her race and gender likely, her race and gender likely made much of what she was doing uh, a balancing act and made it even tougher. Um, I was real disappointed in the Boston Globe this morning. And, you know, I do my due diligence when I can. When the um, the Boston Globe had um, a story, uh, uh, an opinion piece, this morning, which says that she was the right choice, but she's a a faulty candidate. But I went back and I did a search on what did the Boston Globe have to say about Mike Pence, and they were very glowing about his evangelical uh, ideology when he was nominated by Donald Trump as Donald Trump's vice president. Um, Vice presidential nominee and, and, and that's the kind of thing That we have to watch for um, Because if we If we go back and you really do An analysis About And I was at DOJ at the time Harris pushed for a lot of Systemic reforms And her her most successful program uh, as district attorney was this back on track which allowed first time drug offenders, including drug dealers, to get a high school diploma and a job instead of prison time. And the program was started somewhere around two thousand and four, two thousand and five. At the time most prosecutors were using a tough on crime approach, which is why I so clearly remember that she was at the forefront of um, uh, op- uh, op- options in in our courts dur- at, as a result of the war on drug frenzy that America was going through. And and the climate at the time that she was doing these things was far less open to progressive criminal justice policy. Um, The year before, presidential candidate John Kerry had run on hiring more cops, adopting a zero-tolerance approach to to gangs and cracking down on drug trafficking. Crime wasn't a major issue uh, in the 2004 presidential election, but Kerry's platform was the legacy of the 1980s and 90s, uh, when Republicans and Democrats, including uh, Bill Clinton, competed to see who could be more tough on crime. So when she became a district attorney, no one was talking about progressive pros- prosecutors. Um, she was an outlier in the California District Attorneys Association and got a lot of pushback and a lot of criticism for doing some of those things. Um, in the year in 2004 when she took office, uh, California voters had rejected a ballot initiative to implement 
uh, uh, criminal justice reform statewide. So it was a rapid change that she brought in um, public opinion about those things. We hope that you will join us uh, on Saturday night uh, at Our Common Ground, um, where we're going to be talking about just about the election in November 3rd. By that time, we will have um, 80 days, 82 days, no, 80 days, no, 79 days uh, to the election. And I want to hear from people about what they're thinking, especially around what's going on at the state and local levels. We're going to be reviewing where we are. I was a little bit concerned when I saw uh, polling last night after the the announcement of Kamala Harris as the VP nominee that she was only polling with an approval rating of 34% favorable in terms of the um, selection. And I think that we've got, that the Democratic Party's got to do better. I don't know how the Democratic Party does better with uh, Tom Perez. I just don't know. I don't know how we ended up uh, with him. Thank you for being with us, and um, we hope that you will... Join us on Saturday night at 10 p.m. Don't forget, India Declare, Real Raw, and Right Now is at 10 p.m. here at Blog Talk Radio um, on Friday night. And uh, we're really going to talk to Alpha about co-hosting this or hosting this occasionally. Thank you so much for being with us. And um, just keep loving black people. And when you love black people, when you when you are trusting your struggle as do it in hope. I'm Janice Graham, and I'll be listening for you. We interrupt this broadcast to bring you this breaking news report. A slave ship has just risen out of the Hudson River in front of the Statue of Liberty. Yes, we are our father's sons and daughters, but we are not their choices. But despite their absences, we are still here, still alive, still breathing, with the power to change this world, one little boy and girl at a time. Not, not, who's there? We are. Thank you for joining us here at Our Common Ground. For all of you that have joined us in our chat room, we thank you as well. I'm Janice Grant. Join us each Saturday at Our Common Ground. I'll be listening for you. And don't forget, we are here at Our Common Ground each Wednesday night, open mic Wednesday night. Same time, 10 p.m., listener-driven. I'm only the host. Serious examination of black truth on Our Common Ground. Speaking truth to power and ourselves. And now it's a winter Winter in America
I'm a 